A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a new thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the new thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is new thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to talk. Yes, we are. You have one of our big words that you wanted to talk about today. Yes, I want to talk about the word consciousness. And I don't know. As I told you before, I'm in favor of consciousness. So I'm a big fan. But you tell me what you had in mind. Well, I didn't. It's that the word is bounced around a lot, a lot, a lot. And sometimes I wonder if people really know what it means. So I just thought we'd talk about it. Okay. Okay. Well, and as with everything, I'll talk about this by getting back to the the fundamental principle, the way this whole thing works. We believe there's a unity. There is one infinite creative power that has created everything. And that includes each of us. And that we're using that same creative power to create our lives according to our beliefs. So what it comes down to is belief. Whatever it is that we are believing is the stuff that's showing up in our lives. So it's the belief that's actually doing the creating. And that's the law, because the law is always responding to the belief. The belief is created in consciousness. So that's the higher order. That's the part of the whole system we're aware of. Because believe it or not, you believe stuff that you don't know you believe. Yeah. That's the way it's always been, is one of the things that comes up. The stuff that just happens by itself, that is all a belief that's held by each of us individually and by us as a human race in common. So we call it race consciousness or societal consciousness. And that is something that we believe without really thinking about whether or not we believe it. But it all happens in consciousness. Take it back to scripture. In the beginning was darkness and void and God. And God said, let there be light. And that movement of saying, let there be light is a movement in consciousness. So there's a conscious intention to create something new. And that's what gets submitted into that law as a belief. Because when God said, let there be light, there was no doubt in that infinite mind of God that there was going to be light. It was like, let's get this party started. And it happened. And the same thing is continuing to happen. So the thoughts that we are aware of, the beliefs that we are aware of, the intentions that we are aware of are happening in our consciousness. And it's our conscious awareness where that is happening. So everything that we're creating in our lives is created in consciousness. The stuff that we call good, the stuff that we call crappy, and the stuff that's in between. So I was not aware of what I believed about a lot of things. I mean, you know, if you say, what do you believe? You say, whatever, you know, talk about religion or whatever. But the real belief stuff, I didn't know until I tried to change things. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to change things, I ran up against brick walls that I had no clue were even possible to be there. And yeah, yeah, so I am enjoying the whole matter. Yes. Because when you find things 
that you don't know are there. They were unchallenged, you know, so many beliefs were unchallenged, maybe questioned, maybe thought about, but not really challenged until I wanted to change them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and in addition to beliefs, that's the stuff that we are aware that we believe. You know, I, at this point, believe that the earth is round and I've seen the pictures and I understand enough about how that whole thing works. And I've seen people measure different distances going in different directions to know that we're on the surface of a sphere. And I have not done it myself, but I have friends who have been high up enough in an airplane that they've seen the curve. So I believe that. I believe that the earth is round. Not everybody always believes that. So the belief for me that the earth is round is a wide open conscious belief. And then we also have things that are hidden beliefs. So I believe something, but I don't know that I believe it because it's kind of opaque and back there. I have a hidden belief that human beings can't levitate and it's impossible for us to just lift up off the ground in opposition to gravity and float around. Now, my theoretical mind says, man, there's probably a way to do that, but I don't believe it, which is why I'm not experiencing that. So those are the hidden beliefs and they're false beliefs. And the false belief is like back in the good old days when people believed that the earth was flat. That was a false belief. They had every reason to believe that it was true, even though it wasn't the case. And there's room for those beliefs to change. Something happened. You know, there were some stories that happened, you know, and people are sailing around the world and suddenly, well, how do you get, how is it that you're coming out of the East when you head West, if it's not a sphere? So there are ways that we get to change our belief and change our understanding, the way things are working. And the false beliefs get uprooted and replaced by new beliefs. And those new beliefs are then operative. And those are the ones that we're living our lives by. So the false beliefs can be scientifically proven to be false. Well, yeah, yeah there's the facts yeah. and then there's the belief. But some people still hold on to the beliefs in spite of the facts. I understand there are still people who believe the earth is flat. Yes, flat earthers. Okay. Is it flat? I don't think it's flat. I go with the science. Is the shape of the earth going to change based on who believes what? No. Right. The earth is whatever the earth is, and we get to believe whatever we want about it. And the flat earthers are having the experience of a flat earth. And they're also eventually could have the difficulty of what happens when something comes along and irrefutably shows them, oh, it's round. Well, I thought that happened. <laughs> okay. Space right. travel gets cheap enough, it's going to happen. I mean, I don't know how flat earthers can explain how satellites work, but, you know, that's just me. I don't know how flat earthers explain flat earth. I mean, you go, <laughs> you start out traveling, you go this way, you're going to end up, you know, you take the Atlantic, you're going to end up coming back around to the Pacific. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, but your mother is a fundamentalist Christian, and she believes some stuff that you don't believe anymore, and you have no idea how she could possibly still believe that 90-something years in. I have no idea how she believes okay. that. It's none of our business. It's faith, that's what she says. <laughs> there you go. So you can always fall back on that. But the hidden beliefs, those are the things that you don't know that you believe them until you bump into them. Maybe you don't know that you believe them forever. Everybody in my family dies young. And then in order to play along with that, guess what would happen to me? 
die young because that's what I believe and that's what's going to happen. So that's the operative thought and that's what I'm creating. Or I can never lose this weight. And up until that belief changes, the law says yes and doesn't matter what the diet happens to be, the yo-yos continue to happen and the weight doesn't come off. And then as soon as the belief changes, oh, suddenly I found this new program, this new diet, this new friend, this new activity, and the pounds come off. Okay. So relate that to consciousness. It's all in consciousness. There's a belief, and I'll use weight because I dealt with weight issues for the longest time. Still do a little bit, but I do it from a position of not carrying around a lot of excess weight, which is nice. I tried everything. And I was over 300 pounds and I kept on trying and trying and trying, but I didn't believe that I could do it. I didn't, and I had some beliefs behind that, that made me afraid to try it and made me feel unworthy of having the body that I said that I wanted to have. And that stayed operative right up until the point that I changed the belief. Yeah, I can lose the weight. And part of that was Dr. Luckman saying, Hey, we got this diet for you and your equally overweight wife to try. And it could have been the fact that I was uh, newlywed in this relationship and there was all the pressure about finding a relationship that was off. And I had room in my consciousness to say, maybe this is possible. And I lost 112 pounds. Didn't lose it. I know exactly where it went. <laughs> there was no, where to go. <laughs> there, was, there was no loss. It went to whoever needed it next. I no longer had any requirement for that weight. It wasn't, it's like losing your car keys. You got to find them. Losing the weight, you know, don't have to. Don't have to find it. I could try to drop the weight. It went away. Yeah, this has nothing to do with this. But, you know, my husband was sick. He lost the weight. I gained it. So I said, see, that's what happened. It just jumped over to, <laughs> <laughs> jumped over to me. All right. So, okay. So the belief system determines what happens. Correct. And consciousness is the king of all of that. Because what we believe consciously is going to influence the beliefs that we have. And the beliefs all happen in our subconscious, which is why I can say, you know, I am worthy of losing the weight. But if I don't believe I'm worthy of losing the weight, then they're empty words. They'll have a little bit of influence and maybe they'll start to shake things loose in my subconscious so that I can realize something different. But the shift happens in consciousness and in subconsciousness, also referred to as our subjective mind. That's the one where the law is responding. And we can tell what's in our subconscious because that's what shows up in our life. Mm. It is done unto you as you believe. That's not just the stuff that you're praying about. Mm -hmm. That's the whole ballgame. It's done unto you as you believe. It's done unto me as I believe. If there's something in my life that I don't like, well, I have a belief that that needs to be there for whatever reason it happens to be. So you have to believe that you can change it. Yes? Oh, yeah. Or that's not what I... So that takes place in... The subconscious, you have to send the message to the subconscious that, you know, this is not happening anymore. That's the whole point of a practical prayer. The whole point of a practical prayer is a change in consciousness. And at its heart, it's an affirmation. It's a new statement claiming a new experience. I am prosperous. I am lovable. I am healthy. I am creative. I am having lots of wonderful, uplifting, fun things to do in my life. I'm surrounded by interesting friends. And those thoughts have every possibility of being active and letting new things happen in our lives. Except if I believe that I'm not healthy and I say I am healthy, then my belief system says, nah, 
<laughs> that's, that's not the case. That's not true. And just discards the words because there's no belief behind them, which is why we put those affirmations, those realization steps into a practical prayer. Because what we're doing then is we are partnering with, we're consciously and intentionally partnering with the infinite creative power that has created everything. The one that started with darkness and void and said, let there be light. And by golly, there's light. So when that infinite creative power that created me, by the way, that's the second step of the prayer, created me, when that power is saying, I am healthy or I am prosperous, well, it knows a thing or two. So if God says I'm healthy, then perhaps it's possible that I'm healthy. And that gets to change our belief. Okay, I'm opening myself up to the possibility that I am healthy. And then suddenly I get healthy. But to change the belief sometimes takes work. You know, It definitely can take time. Yeah. Yeah. Changing consciousness, you know, it's a practice. Practice takes practice. Yeah. I know some things that I needed to change in my belief system. And when they popped up, I said, okay, fine. I halfway didn't believe you were there anyway. I didn't believe it anyway, but I couldn't figure out what else to do with you. So, okay, those were easy. Others were a bit more difficult. Yeah. To do a little bit more work and convince myself and yeah, and, and open up a new belief and a new channel in consciousness. Let's take a break and we'll come back and talk some more about changing our mind. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. We're talking about consciousness. We're talking about creating a new experience and a new belief, or a new yes. belief and then a new experience. Yes. I was going to talk about the training wheels, how to get started doing practical prayer, because practice makes practice. But instead of doing that, because we've talked about that in a couple of other episodes, I want to talk about the way of using a practical prayer as a diagnostic tool to find out what is in your belief system currently. So that's going to be the changing your mind that you talked about. Yeah. 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 And when I'm doing a prayer for something that's completely believable, like I find pennies on the ground or I get green lights when I'm driving across town and I do a prayer for that, there's not a huge resistance in my belief system to that, which is why we start with those as we're doing inconsequential prayers and learning the technique. When things get a little closer to our disbelief, like for somebody who has 
uh, chronic illness or chronic pain of some variety, say, I'm healthy and comfortable. That's what they want to claim. Then in the prayer, what they'll do is they'll say, God is perfect harmony and balance and goodness and identify those aspects of the infinite, which is the power that's creating everything and say, and that same harmony and balance and comfort and alignment that exists everywhere, that's available everywhere, is available to me now because I am that divine presence shared in my own unique and personal way. So I claim health, I claim comfort, I claim this new experience of goodness in my life, and that's my affirmation. And the next thing that happens, a little voice says, yeah, your back still hurts. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't been able to get up without making noise for years. Yeah, but this, yeah, but that. And those yeah buts are actually our subconscious disagreeing with whatever new claim we've made, telling us why that affirmation, that realization that we're intending next isn't true for us now. It's saying, I don't believe it. At which point we can either give up and say, well, it's not true. Forget it. <laughs> or we can refute it. Say, no, this discomfort that I've been feeling is completely temporary. It is possible for it to go away because I know that, that infinite creative power that created everything created it in alignment and harmony and balance and everything fitting together perfectly. And that can certainly include my experience of physical comfort. So I am claiming perfect comfort right here and right now. It's my birthright. And then we get to that point and either the little voice shuts up, in which case we can finish the prayer with a gratitude and, and a release step. I'm thankful for this goodness. And so it is. Or it's going to kick its heels again and say, no, nah, nah, yeah, but you've always had to use that cane or whatever it happens to be, whatever those little voices are saying. And sometimes they're absurd things those little voices are saying. And we get to go through that refutation and reaffirmation process as often as we need to until we get clear that this new good that we're claiming is believable to us. The little yeah buts shut up. And then we finish the prayer. The yeah buts. The yeah buts. Yeah. So are the yeah buts the why you we put in the second, the two steps, the two extra steps in the practical prayer? You mean at the beginning? Yeah. Like when we oh. See, yeah. If I'm saying I am prosperous and the yeah but says overdrawn at the bank account or credit cards are maxed out or yeah, but the mortgage is due in three days. What I believe is that my experience of prosperity is limited by those external factors. And that's what I believe. So if I just do an affirmation, then I'm not gonna be able to change anything because I have a belief that is running contrary to my affirmation. When I do the first two steps and I turn it into a practical prayer, suddenly I'm not just talking about my credit cards or my bank balance or my mortgage. We're talking about the infinite creative power that creates galaxies. And I'm on the A-team because I'm created by that power. I am part of that infinite creative process. And while I might be having an experience of lack or insolvency or challenge in paying the mortgage, I think there's probably enough resource in the universe for God to pay my mortgage or God to find a way for me not to be overdrawn on my bank account. And so that's where we're partnering with that infinite creative process and letting go of the sense of limitation. Like my thought that the money needs to come from my job. We're doing the unexpected income club and that's all about having money show up that we weren't expecting. And that's just a way of proving the principle. So it's really reflecting on 
or knowing that you're always limited when you think that you're the one doing it, that mm-hmm. it rests with you. So it's refocusing what you believe about how things work. You put it simply, how does it work? It's really God. It's really spirit that does it. So yeah. you're turning my attention back to the fundamental belief or the fundamental truth of how things happen anyway. Yeah. Even stuff that seems really simple. And we'll go back to agriculture's tomato. You know how to grow a tomato, right? Yes. Do you know how to do it without a tomato seed? No. Okay. You can't start from scratch. You need... <laughs> you can work with the process that's already there but our ego tells us i can grow tomatoes no you can't (laughs) you need to start with the tomato that's a good analogy because i was thinking about (laughs) tomatoes that i tried to grow and grow anyhow (laughs) but some of them yeah so it's when you talk about it's you're changing your belief system yes it's not you changing necessarily what you believe but it's changing the direction of all that energy. Because for example, some years ago, you know, probably not that many throughout my whole life, I would work hard. I pride myself in not ever giving up. I felt good about, I will continue to stay with it when other people will quit. Now that might've been dumb sometimes, but. But that was me, you know, you focus, focus, focus. And sometimes it worked. But I used to say to myself, you know, it just shouldn't take all this. It just should not. So now I look back on it and think spirit is probably laughing. So, okay, you want to go that that route? I'll let you take (laughs) it. I'll let you wear yourself out. But now I focus on the source of the energy and the source of supply and the, you know, although things take resources, I don't have to figure out how to generate it. You know, I may come up with a couple of ideas, but the bottom line is now I can shut down at a reasonable time, watch TV with my husband, you know, play with my grown kids when they're around and my grandkids, because I don't have to stay with it. It's in my belief system. I've rechanneled it to say, wait, God can do this. God can handle this. It'll work. Yeah. Now there's another part, right? Here comes the fundamentalist roots that I know about. Well, God can, but it doesn't mean that God will. And then in the belief system, I can come up with a thousand reasons why God wouldn't do it because I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And, you know, I screwed up and blah, blah, blah. And if that's what you're believing, then that's what you're going to experience. And they got a prayer for that because (laughs) (laughs) you you can ask forgiveness for all the sins that you know about, right? And the ones that you don't know about that you forgot or that you want. And I'm thinking there ain't no hope for you. You know, there's just no hope because if all of those things are affecting, you know, the outcome and I forgot about them, this is too much for me. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing actually works in new thought and in practical prayer. But instead of it being a sin that you forgot about, it's a hidden belief that you're not aware of. Because you did something or something happened in your past and you had a belief that, oh, well, this is going to disqualify me from ever getting the goodies. And then throughout life, you're not getting the goodies. It's that belief. And that belief is still operating. 
A sin, by the way, is an archery term that means missing the mark. So it's not about an affront to God because God really doesn't care. I mean, God loves you so much that God doesn't really care about your sins, but you do. And if you shoot the arrow and it doesn't hit the bullseye or it doesn't even hit the target and you just let it stay there, it's going to stay where it was. But you can always go and grab the arrow and shoot it again. You're always free to do that. You don't have to live with the sin. You can say, ah, that was guidance that I did not hit the mark and change your belief and aim again. Yeah, that's very freeing, you know, and encouraging. And I really believe in my heart that if you talk about the notion that Christ changes culture, that was a buzz phrase that was going around a lot a couple of years back. You look around at the culture and say, well, this is a big mess, you know, so Christ must not be any good. This <laughs> you know, is like bogus. But if you really understand the Christ mind and the belief system and all of that, you know, it does. It would change so much because I believe people are so distressed and depressed by not even seeing the possibility of change. And I've done so much that there is no way I can be forgiven or, you know, get over this. And you'll do anything. I believe you're incapable of anything if you think that there's no hope and that God doesn't love you. I just think you could do anything. Why not? Oh, yeah. Well, that's because it is all done unto you as you believe. If what somebody believes is that there's no hope and that they don't have any salvation and they can't possibly get any better, then that one creative law responds to everything, says, yes. And it comes into their experience exactly the way that they have been thinking about it. Let's take a break. And they're going to come back into a prayer. And in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with a question, which is if you were in Minneapolis and you had a 55-gallon drum full of water, what would be the easiest way to get it to New Orleans? Okay. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Bill Barcioni. I got all messed up because I was like trying to deal with this question. <laughs> and the question was, if you're standing in Minneapolis with a 55-gallon drum full of water, what's the easiest way to get it to New Orleans? Okay, so listen, I am no good at these kind of questions, but the only thing I could think of 
is that I would imagine that it's there. It's because I've been hanging out with Neville Goddard recently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could put it in a truck or you could carry it or you get a whole bunch of people to each, you know, carry a little baggie full of the water. The easy way to do it is to pour it in the Mississippi River. Just wait. Yeah. That's it. All the water in the Mississippi River is going to make its way through New Orleans and out into the Gulf of Mexico. Mm. So even if you're starting way up at the tippy top, pour the water in the Mississippi and forget about it. And that informs us about practical prayer because what we're going to do is we are going to take that intention and we're going to let it loose into that infinite creative power and let it go. And let that be operative now. What we're going to do is we're going to pour our new thought into that law and let it flow. I like that. I like that. It takes a lot of the responsibility out of it. It's like, okay, you don't have to walk a thousand miles downstream. You can just like let it go. Yeah. I like that. It's much nicer. (laughs) It's certainly a lot less less, less work. Yeah. But it makes me know I can do more, right? Yeah. If if it's that easy, well then listen, I got a few other things I can just throw down there and let that happen as well. Sure. Well, what happens if it's a thousand gallons of water? You know, same thing, probably. Exactly. Same thing. It's maybe yeah. a little harder to tip it in, but you know, it's still the same river. And by the way, you're not going to change the Mississippi much by putting even 10,000 gallons of water into it. Yeah. Because it's the mighty Mississippi. Yeah. You know what? I, I got a few projects I'm going to throw down the river now that you... Okay. Well, <laughs> that is the invitation. Me that. Sure. For you and for everybody who's listening to this, whatever that big seeming thing is, or maybe there's a dozen of them that are sitting there on the wish this were so list. That's what the prayer is about today. It's about turning that over to the infinite power that creates everything and let it create this next new experience for us. And if perchance there's somebody who's listening, who is not aware of whatever that next grand thing they'd like to have come into experience be, then we'll include that the awareness of that new possibility comes into everybody. And we started out talking about consciousness. That's what consciousness is all about. Change your thinking, change your life. That's what Ernest Holmes said. We say your new life begins with a new thought. So we got to start with something new. We don't got to start with something new. We can start with something new. That's the invitation. So let's take it to prayer and know that there is this one infinite creative power that creates everything. We call it God, spirit, nature, the divine, the big bang is that which was there when everything started. There was only the one. There was only that one power and presence, and it began sharing itself as all of its creation. The Big Bang, expanding, exploding, creating, evolving, or the infinite. Let there be light, and there's light. Let there be the firmament, and there's the firmament. Let there be, let there be. And the law is always saying yes. There is that one divine power that has created everything and continues to create everything. It has created me. It has created everyone listening. It has created every aspect and facet of our experience. Everything that we are, everything that we know, everything that we do, everything that we believe is that one showing up as each of us. And those ideas that we have are divinely inspired and sometimes incorrect. Sometimes a hidden belief or a false belief or something that we believe which simply is not true. And there's always the possibility for that truth to show up for that divinity that is hidden behind our misguided belief to show up in our lives. 
So in whatever way it's showing up for each of us individually, whatever that good that we are yearning for is, it's available to us. That good is available right here and right now and continuously. There is no force in the universe that stands in its way. And all we have to do is get out of the way to uproot and identify and eliminate the false beliefs, the hidden beliefs that whatever it is that we are seeking is not possible. So I know that each one listening is even now in the process of opening up to that newness, to that goodness, to that greatness, to the guidance of exactly what is that next perfect experience and awareness of whatever change or transformation in thinking is required to allow that newness to come into life. And that infinite creative power that always says yes is ready once again to say yes. There is no need for doubt. There is no need for hesitation. There is no need for failure. There is no need for any experience of less than or frustration. There is no need for any of that. There is simply the opportunity for love to unfold, for that infinite creative power that creates everything to create this next newness. And it shows up as health and vitality, as wellness and comfort in our physical being. It shows up as rich, deep connections in our relationships with our beloved, in our romances, in our families, in our communities, in our world, in our businesses and all of our interactions. It shows up in our experience of enoughness and prosperity. Plenty. There is plenty for each of us and for all of us. It shows up in our creativity, the ability to invite that divine creative power to create something new through us. And it could be in the creative arts. It could be painting or music or writing. And it could be bringing our highest selves, sharing our gifts and talents and skills in a way that brings uplift to us and to those around us. All of this is possible, and I'm claiming it now. There is nothing, there is no actual power that stands in the way of this. There is not enough darkness that it could possibly overcome even the smallest light. Light a candle in a cavern, there's still light in the cavern. There's not enough darkness to make it go away. And that light is shining now as and through and in each of us and all of us. And it's bringing that light into the world in a more rich and joyous and full way. And I am so, so grateful for it. I'm so thankful for the way that the light is shining, the love is flowing. I'm grateful for the awareness of this creative process. I'm grateful for the willingness of each one listening to let loose any doubt or hesitation or disbelief and open to this new possibility. And I'm grateful for the stories. And so I speak this word of intention and I release it into the law. And the law is already saying yes in the same way that the water is already flowing from Minneapolis to the Gulf of Mexico. This is already underway. And so I let it be. And so it is. Gently down the stream. I would have got it if you said the scoop of <laughs> the Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of Be the Light.com. Be the light. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. 
You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at newthoughtphilly.org.